Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. First Kings, will you turn to First Kings chapter 19? And we'll look at verses 19 to 21. Uh, This morning, I'd like to draw your attention to one of my favorite Old Testament Bible characters, Elisha. His name means, my God is salvation. That's a good name, isn't it? And um, you may know from previous reading of that, uh, the account of his life, or, or maybe from some messages that you have heard about him, that he was God's chosen successor to another great uh, Old Testament character who faithfully served God, uh, Elijah. But today I want to focus on what God's word says at the beginning of the account of the life of Elisha, because this is graduation Sunday here at Dublin First Baptist, uh, another term that we use to describe this celebration here this morning, as well as everything that's gone on in your lives the past week or so, is uh, commencement. And I don't know about you, but I, I find that to be such an interesting word when you consider its relation to everything that's gone on here in the lives of the graduates and their families lately. Uh, Because today and over the past week, we have celebrated what they have achieved, what they have just finished, what they have completed. But the word commencement, it actually refers to a beginning And that is really what this time in their lives is all about, beginning a new phase in their life. Um, Now that one thing is completed, they're off to start on a new adventure. And in our passage of scripture here this morning, that was what Elisha was experiencing as well. In this section of God's word, we find three critical characteristics for the follower of Jesus Christ to have as a part of their life, uh, really at any commencement, any new beginning. Let's read verses 19 to 21. First Kings chapter 19, verses 19 to 21. It says, So he departed thence, and he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him, and he cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and he said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, go back again for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and he took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and he went after Elijah and ministered unto him. At the commencement or beginning of anything in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ, the Christian needs, first of all, passion, and that's what we see in verse 19 uh, in Elisha's commission. In verse 19, we learn of the commission of Elisha from God through Elijah, uh, a commission to serve God and God's people as a prophet. Now, Elijah 
had learned from God back in verse 15 of this chapter that his ministry was coming to an end. And uh, God had already selected the man uh, who was going to be Elijah's successor. It was going to be Elisha. I've never personally heard the uh, testimony of Pastor Daniel or Pastor Tommy about their call uh, into the ministry. Uh, But I know for mine, it was nothing like what we just read about right here. Um, Very unusual way that God directed Elijah to find Elisha and call him or commission him to be a prophet. There's, There's no words uttered here. There's a very powerful symbolic act that's performed. Elijah takes off his mantle or uh, an outer cloak-like garment that was peculiar to prophets of God, according to Zechariah 13.4, and he casts or he throws his mantle on Elisha. There's no record of any exchange of conversation here, but the passage implies that Elisha knew exactly what this meant. God was commissioning him calling him through Elijah to begin a life of service, a life of ministry to the Lord. Now, would you look with me at Elisha's response to this act, or we could say his conduct resulting from the commencement of God's call in his life. Verse 20. Boy, that describes a passionate response. It says that immediately, without any kind of delay or deliberation, Elisha left the oxen and he ran. He ran after Elijah. And I want to pause there and return to some important contextual information from back in verse 19. What do we know about Elisha? And we got a farm boy here in Elisha. Um, in a rather well-to-do, rather materially blessed by God fella. His family had at least 12 yoke of oxen. That'd be 24, two apiece. Uh, at least, because that's just what he happened to be working with out in the field on that particular day. And in that culture and time, this would indicate that Elisha's family was somewhat wealthy. So I'm sure Elisha felt pretty secure in how things were going in his position. Might have enjoyed what he was doing. Life was good for him, no doubt. But God had some dramatically different plans for Elisha. And they commence right here in these verses. And so with passion, Elisha responds to God's commission. He leaves these oxen. He hops off the plow. And he runs after Elijah. Now the rest of verse 20, it does finally record a conversation between these two men. Elisha asks for permission to return to his family and tell them about what happened. He wants to inform his family about what God has ahead for his life. And Elijah's response, might, Elijah's response might seem unusual as it's recorded there at the end of verse 20. Elijah tells Elisha, sure, go ahead, go on back for what have I done to thee. Now that comment from Elijah, I don't think it's as rude or as terse as it might come across there in the King James Version. It's simply a Hebrew idiom. It's the normal phrase they would use. That means do as you please. And I also wonder if it was a way of Elijah reinforcing the truth that, look, I'm not calling you. It's God. I'm not the one who is who's commissioning you. It's God who has placed this commission on your life that, that's now commencing. So graduates and family members of graduates and honestly, every Jesus follower here, we're all at a commencement. We are. I mean, you definitely are. It's the beginning of a new phase in your life. Mom and dads, this is the beginning of a new phase in your life. And 
Jesus follower, you're about to experience a new second right now, a new minute, just a little bit, a new hour later today, a new morning, new day tomorrow. And if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, God has given you, every single follower of Christ here, he has given you a commission. He has a plan specifically for your life, a mission for you with particular plans for you to accomplish for his glory and for his kingdom. And so the question is, will you respond like Elisha did? Will you commence your participation and your action in response to God's commission? Will you do it with passion? I pray you will, because we all ought to. Uh, every second, every hour of our lives, is God worthy of anything less than our passionate obedience in following his call? Uh, no, God, God tells us in his word to us in Colossians 3.23, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. And that should be the Christian's uh, testimony in everything that they undertake. And everything they do should be passionate performance. That's the advisement from God through the wisest man ever to walk this earth, King Solomon. God says in Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever you find to do with your hands, do it with all your might. Now let's see Elisha's continued passionate response. In verse 21, it says, He returned back from him. He took a yoke of oxen. He slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. So uh, you want to talk about abandoned devotion? A passionate response in Elisha's commencement of his commission? And what he did here, he won't be going back to plowing fields anymore. That's not even a, an option. So his passion, it wasn't just the speed of his obedience and leaving and running after Elijah. It was also in the substance. It says he slew the yoke of oxen that he was plowing with. And he cooked the meat on, on a fire out of, made out of the wooden yokes. And, and he invited everyone in the community to eat at a big party celebrating God's call on his life in this new adventure that he was about to begin and we have pig pickings down here, right? When my parents came down, my mom and dad are here. So make sure y'all say hi to them. They're from Wisconsin. Um, but when they came down about 12 years ago, uh, I think it was about 12 years ago, we were driving to the beach and we went, I don't know where we were going. We were on one of them roads down there. And uh, probably somewhere like Nakaina or Old Dock or something. We went by a, a volunteer fire department and said, fundraiser next Saturday, pig picking. They didn't know what that was. I was trying to explain it to them. We didn't go but like five more miles and another volunteer fire department said, fundraiser next Saturday, chicken bog. So I told my mom, well, chicken bog is like pig picking with chicken. And uh, <laughs> pig picking is like a chicken bog with pigs and it didn't really help her out. I, I don't know if that's what's going on here. It's something like that. I don't know even what they called them, uh, oxen picking or oxen hors d'oeuvres. Or... But Elisha answers God's call at this new phase of his life, and he does it with passion, and that should be our response as well. We see another critical characteristic at any commencement, any beginning of a commission we receive in our day-to-day -day lives from God. And, and, and somewhat balances this one, maybe to some degree. The Jesus follower also needs patience. Look at the end of verse 21. What did Elisha do after this party? It says, and he rose, and he went after Elijah, and he ministered unto him. And we can learn a lot here. 
um, passion for a commencing phase or a new beginning in our lives, it doesn't mean that we don't need patience. Um, Passion without patience would look like Elisha saying to Elijah here, okay, I'm ready to be the primary prophet. When are you heading out? When do I take over this role? When do I become the main decision maker? Uh, How many people should I expect when I give my first sermon here in a little bit? Uh, When when you're done and, and I'm the one, but is that what Elisha did? No. Verse 21 says he patiently ministered to Elijah. And what is most noteworthy to me after this is, um, and I think it's of implied relevance, is we don't find Elisha mentioned again for quite a while. Not in chapter 20, not in chapter 21 or 22. In fact, 1 Kings ends and we head into 2 Kings. And all this time, Elijah is still serving the Lord and God's people in in the prophetic ministry that God has called him to. And all that time, there's not a single mention of Elisha just yet. Not until 2 Kings chapter 2. Now, I don't believe that this means Elisha was not with Elijah. We know just the opposite. In the last phrase of verse 21 there, I described Elisha ministering to Elijah And I think we have every reason to see this as a time when Elisha was ministering with Elijah. There's a lot going on here. We we won't look at chapter 22 for time's sake this morning. But I have no doubt that Elisha got to witness how Elijah dealt with the wicked king Ahab, the wicked queen Jezebel in chapter 22. And how important for a future prophet of God to know how to courageously in faith deliver God's word to leaders who are so opposed to God and his word. So this character quality of patience and serving, it's not a time of lethargy. It's not a time of inaction. Here, it's a period of Elisha scene. Will you go to 2 Kings now? 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 15 this time of patience is a time where Elijah got to learn from one of the best, greatest men of God in all the Bible, uh, regardless of the future career field of any of our, our graduates or the calling that God has on their lives, or, or for any Jesus follower that's here this morning. Our passion always needs to coexist with patience. We need to be patiently trusting in the God who called us, who commissioned us. It's easy to be passionate about something at the beginning of it, at its commencement. And don't let that passion wane while you're in a season of waiting, but don't be impatient either. Patiently trust in God's timing. I want you to think about King David. He got anointed by Samuel while Saul was still king. Did David immediately head to Jerusalem? It's decades before he would take the throne how God works. <clears throat> it's necessary, vitally important time for your success in the call that God has put on your life. So 2 Kings 1.15, uh, I want to highlight just one probable key scene that's done by Elisha in this waiting period where Elisha exhibited this character quality of patience. Elisha's still not mentioned here in verse 15 in chapter 1. But it says, And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him, be not afraid of him. And he arose, and he went down with him unto the king. So why do I draw your attention to this verse? 
well, since he's been ministering to and with Elijah since the end of chapter 19, I'm going to guess that Elisha was here for this. Uh, in the Old Testament, when you come across a phrase, that phrase, the angel of the Lord, uh, it's often a reference to the pre-incarnate Christ. There's plenty of examples of that in Scripture. And if that's the case here, well, in this miraculous Elijah calling down fire again, uh, in chapter 1, uh, miraculous display of God's power recorded here, well then, Elisha also likely encountered the pre-incarnate Christ. What, what an empowering necessity for Elisha's future ministry for God and to God's people to experience Jesus. Jesus follower, you need to have an experience with Jesus, meeting Jesus. Listen, God is in the waiting, graduates. God is in the waiting, Jesus follower. Stay passionate and stay patient too. God's timing is always perfect. Great messes occur when we rush things. In fact, many sins are only sins because they occur outside of God's timing. I want you to think of Jesus and his temptation. One of them, Satan takes him up, shows him all the kingdoms of the world. So these will be yours if you just bow down to me. Is it wrong for Jesus to want that? Is Jesus going to receive that one day? All the kingdoms of the world will be yours. No, it's not wrong. It'll be his. It's not the right timing. Some sins are only sins because they occur outside of God's timing. And you'd be passionate. Don't lose that passion. We also need to be patient. There's one more thing here. Second Kings, now chapter 2. Will you go one more chapter over? Chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. We need God's power. Graduate, you need God's power. Jesus follower at the beginning of the next second. A new day, a new job, a new relationship. You need Jesus. You need the power of Jesus Christ. The waiting period is over here uh, in verses 8 to 14 of 2 Kings 2. We're going to jump right in kind of to the middle of this account in verse 8. It says, And Elijah took his mantle, and he wrapped it together, and he smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. Elijah has been told, today's your last day on earth. And Elisha has been informed this is the case as well. And what does Elijah do in verse 8? Once again, he takes this vivid symbol of God's power and authority, this mantle, this prophet's cloak, and at the banks of the Jordan River, he rolls it up and he strikes the water, and what happens? What happens is what happened 550 years earlier. God divides the waters of the Jordan River. These two prophets cross over. Why would that be important for Elijah and Elisha to experience right, right now? Because the same God that miraculously did that for his people back then, that's the same God who is empowering and loving and pouring his grace out on Elijah and Elisha's life and will pour his grace out through Elijah and Elisha's ministry. It's massively important knowing the power of God. I mean, really knowing it, having it as your own experience. And then in verse 9, we read of Elisha's request it says, and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. What a wise, humble request we hear from the lips of Elisha. 
I want a double portion of your spirit, Elijah. There's so much wrapped up into that little response. Uh, yeah, the firstborn son in Hebrew culture and God's word, they were entitled to a double portion of the inheritance. So, so this, I believe, is a request that, that it's going to be granted. We're going to find that out. But one that's a symbolic evidence that God is saying, you are Elijah's successor. I'm, I'm making that to be the case. But, but so much more than that. In the Hebrew language, this request literally means, I, I want the mouth of two. That's what it says in Hebrew. I want the mouth of two. Now that's something right there. Uh, what Elisha understood was that his ministry is not going to be one of just display of miracles for the display of miracles sake, but those miracles were the message of God. That his ministry as a prophet uh, is to communicate the word of God to God's people. And, and Elisha literally wanted the mouth of two Elijahs. How God's people need that today. How this world needs that today. Let's find out the result. God's going to grant this request for a double portion. And Elisha would do way more miraculous things than Elijah did. More than Moses. Uh, more than any other, as far as recorded in scripture, Elisha did more miracles than anybody outside of Jesus Christ. This world so desperately needs Passionate, patient followers of Jesus Christ who will powerfully communicate the life-transforming gospel of Christ with double the passion, sometimes double the patience that any Bible character did. Is that even possible for you and I? Is this only for Elisha? No, it's possible for us. Jesus promised it, not just to his disciples in the first century, but to even us here today. Jesus Christ said in John 14, 12, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now you might think that can't be talking about me, but if you've been saved, if you've been born again, I promise you it is because Jesus promised you. It's talking about you. Not because of any passion or power or patience of your own, but because of another promise of Jesus Christ. That last phrase there of John 14, 12. Because Jesus said, because I am going to the Father. Do you know what happened when that happened? When Jesus went to the Father? Well, not long after that, he gave us a gift. Himself. The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. Not just with us, like Jesus was, but living in us. Luke 24, 47 to 49 records that that's Luke's great commission passage. Jesus tells his disciples then, and us here this morning, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in my name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. He's saying you are to be witnesses. You are to communicate that, Jesus follower. And then he says this, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city Stay in Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. Clothing. Been a lot of talk about clothing. Y'all are wearing some weird clothing today, right? Mom and dad made you. Or your wife made you, right? It's weird. Those robes, those little mortar boards. It's kind of weird clothing, a mantle. Like that's how you invite someone to be your successor in ministry. Just toss your thing on them. Here we roll it up and we hit the water. Here we're talking about, you will, Jesus said you will be clothed with power from on high. It's the Holy Spirit. 
the power to do and experience the greater things Jesus promised we would do in the power of his Holy Spirit, working in us, working through us. That power is available to every single follower of Jesus Christ. Now let's look at verses 10 to 14. So he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them in two pieces And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and he went back, and he stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and he smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. Elisha's request was granted. He saw Elijah go up to heaven in a whirlwind. He didn't go up in a, sometimes we think he went up in a chariot of fire. Just as a chariot of fire was there dividing them, he went up in a whirlwind. Uh, talk about a graduation. Not just for Elijah, but Elisha had a graduation here too. He had another commencement, not just a call to ministry like he had back in 1 Kings 19. Here it's a new phase of his ministry. Elijah's gone. God's working through Elisha now. Is he? what Elisha wants to know. What happened in verse 14? The same God that parted the Jordan to send his people in the promised land 500 years earlier, the same God who had parted the Jordan moments before through Elijah, he's done it again. Graduates, families, Jesus followers here, be passionate about God's call on your life. Also be patient like Elisha was. Rest in God's timing He's got the perfect plan. He'll do it better than we could ever do when we try to rush things. Experience God's power. Ask for it. I mean, just like Elisha did. God is not some hesitant giver for anything that he's promised you already. He wants you to ask for it. He wants to give it to you. I was working on this message for the last couple of weeks, even this invitation part. I love that last thing in verse 14. He said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? I was really trying to hone in on that as we closed together. And then I did that dumb thing earlier this week, trying to self-medicate from the infection I had. My voice went away. Thursday, Friday, probably the best two days of my wife's life because I couldn't talk at all. I said, I can't preach on Sunday. I really can't ask Tommy to do it. We're honoring Tommy. Can't ask Daniel to do it. We're here to honor Daniel. And last night, I mean, toes got stepped on here. I said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Because nobody, it's bad enough you have to listen to this, but it would have been worse if I had no voice. Where's the Lord God of Elijah? Will you say that? Will you call out to him just like Elisha did this morning? God, I need you. Mom and dad, the little ones flying the coop. You'll say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? I want to see your power in me, God. I want to see your power working through me, God. Give me unending passion to serve you. Man, we need some Christians like that today with unending passion. Lord, give me enduring patience to serve you. If you're going to follow Jesus, you will need enduring patience. 
May your power, will you cry out this morning? God, may your power be experienced in my life. May it be seen by others in my life so that I can point them to you.